every person that you've ever ignored I am the flaming bag of dog shit on your porch Used to think I was a savior, a part of a cause Now see I am nothing, no nothing at all I am every reason that you scream all these words I am every chorus I Hey everyone, welcome to episode 7 of the Misaligned Podcast We're finally starting our experimental interview series and our first guest today is my friend from Drexel University Alex Rudisil who is now doing some work in the industry and we'll talk to her about that and some more issues within the scene and some similar things to what we've been covering on our regular episodes. So Alex how did you get involved with getting a job at Jade Tree and what exactly is your job there? Hi, Deanna. Thanks for having me. No um, so I got started at JTree at Drexel with you. Um, one of our professors there, Darren, is a co-owner and president of the label. Uh, I'd always been a fan of JTree bands like Lifetime and Kid Dynamite and Paint It Black, bands like that. And I asked him if I could start interning there. And I started in January of this year, uh, strictly doing social media stuff. I uh, just started building up a general following and getting some more interaction from fans and getting their feedback. And now I handle all aspects of digital marketing, including uh, digital music sales, uh, streaming services like Spotify and SoundCloud as well. So what are some of the like main tools you use for your job? Um, so uh, one thing that like JTree wasn't very good at at the beginning was uh, conversing with fans. Uh, so I use uh, TweetDeck which uh, I use to organize in columns. Uh, I see a lot of people who are conversing with our bands, and I loop myself into the conversation. Uh, a lot of our bands have significant followings, but we don't have as large of a following. So I'm starting to bridge that connection between the bands and the label and creating fans of the label who are also fans of the bands. Um, that's my biggest tool, uh, especially because a lot of our bands don't have uh, Twitter accounts. So I uh, s use search words in quotes to see about people who are talking about bands. Uh, bands like Jets to Brazil, who, you know, are too old to have a Twitter. They're not active anymore, but people still talk about them. So I have a specific column set up on TweetDeck that uh, I can see people talking about uh, Jets to Brazil or The Promise Ring or one of our new bands, Dogs on Acid. Awesome. So kind of going off what you mentioned with Jets to Brazil about them being too old to be on Twitter, JTree was actually fairly silent for a while and not really releasing any music. So can you talk about how things got started up again and kind of what direction the label is planning on going in? Uh, so the big comeback announcement was when JTree announced that their entire catalog was available on Bandcamp, which was huge because uh, JTree at this point has 141 records. Uh, and up until that point, there was 132 that had been out already. Uh, so having that entire catalog up was a huge, huge endeavor. Um, but I've talked with people about it since then. And having it on Bandcamp made it more accessible to a younger audience, uh, people who had maybe not heard of bands like Turing Machine or Universal Order of Armageddon before. And it gave them that opportunity to buy a record for $5 and give it a try. 
Um, it's been a huge success for us. Um, it got people remembering that catalog before because the, the power of Jade Tree is in its catalog. It's in it, those mid to late 90s uh, early emo and punk bands. So it was good for a lot of older crowd, the older crowd to, uh, you know, reminisce on those bands that they used to like before. Um, and since then, uh, we've signed about four new bands. Uh, the first was uh, You Blew It, who's previously on Top Shelf. Uh, they're actually starting a tour next weekend with The Wonder Years and Motion City Soundtrack, which will be pretty huge for them. Uh, we also signed Sprainerd, who are from Westchester, Pennsylvania, pretty local to here. Uh, they're on tour with uh, Off With Their Heads right now, which is so cool for them. Uh, we also signed this band Dogs on Acid that sounds like Weezer and Superchunk had, like, a beautiful, beautiful baby. It, they're so wonderful. Um, and this awesome new uh, street punk band called Socialite that I'm really excited about. Um, we also recently announced a repress of The Promise Rings, uh, arguably most famous and best record, uh, Nothing Feels Good. We gave fans uh, a day notice that it would be on sale. And when fans went to buy it the next day, we also surprised them with uh, the repress of their two other records, Very Emergency and 30 Degrees Everywhere. Um, we have some other stuff uh, like that in the works right now, but nothing I uh, can't quite talk about yet. <laughs> of course. Yeah, and I yeah. saw that uh, Promise Ring announcement, and it definitely did get a lot of attention. It seemed like a lot of people were extremely excited about it. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, that, that record was pretty phenomenal for some people. It, uh, it really brought, uh, I would say, emo music to the mainstream. Uh, music videos from that record were on MTV when MTV still played music videos. Um, it's also good because Davey from The Promise Ring is also in Maritime, which is still an actively touring band. So people are seeing, like, you know, the new band, but also remembering the old band. Yeah. So kind of to get away from the label for a little bit, have you been keeping up with the news about women in the music scene with these articles that we've seen on the run out Jessica Hopper's timeline and kind of just the whole media surrounding all the sexual assault allegations and everything oh definitely um that's something I'm very familiar with uh in here like here in Philly where I'm from we're also like very concerned about that I followed that Jessica Hopper conversation initially um our, that was about like the end of August, I think. And, you know, the, the question was, what was your first brush with the idea that you didn't count? And this was directed towards women in the music industry. And I definitely identified with a lot of the responses. I would say that I've, I've been marginalized a few times, definitely not to the degree of some of the other responses that she got. You know, people think that I'm, you know, somebody in the band's girlfriend or, that I snuck backstage and there's no way I could have just gotten that pass because I actually work for a band or work for a company that works for a band. Um, but I would say my biggest concern uh, with all of that is the safety of young girls um, and the education of young girls that, you know, this is never okay. You need to, you know, tell somebody, tell someone you trust. Um, my, I had a huge issue with, uh, Kevin Lyman and Warped Tour letting Front Porch Step come back and play because that's outwardly saying that the safety of young girls and those fans don't matter and that 
you know, something else matters more than the people who are coming and enjoying your festival. Yeah, definitely. I know a lot of people were completely outraged by that. But then I was seeing pictures and it's like there were a ton of people trying to fit under that tent to see him. And I couldn't really tell if people wanted to see him because they liked him or, you know, there was someone throwing things at him and that sort of thing. But if people don't like the idea of him playing, why even bother going to the tent? You know what I mean? I would say it's just the support of a media circus. You know, they want to be, you know, they're there. You know, a a fan is there. They see that it's happening and they want to be the first to post a picture on Twitter and say, yeah, look at this scumbag that was allowed to play on Warp Tour. But, you know, I would be there throwing a can of soda at him, too. That trash does not belong on a stage where he is, you know, he's literally in the vicinity of the place where he found all of his victims. It's completely unacceptable. Yeah, I felt like that was a very strange decision on Kevin Lyman's part, because usually he's all for having safety and everything at Warp Tour. He even has it to where parents can get in free for kids who are younger and want to go to Warp Tour still, which, you know, that's great for the kids. But then if the parents kind of just let them go do whatever anyway, it's like, it's really hard to kind of find a good balance for that sort of thing. But I think starting with not letting Front Porch Step play would have been a huge step. That was also uh, the parent thing was something I was also extremely surprised by. You know, you see all these articles and, you know, he did a whole interview with Billboard and people are talking about this and nobody is talking about the parents that come to Warp Tour with their kids. And I was like, what do you think a mom would say about her young girl going to a festival that a sexual predator is playing. Like a known sexual predator is going to go on stage and her daughter is going to be 10 feet away from him. Like if I was a mom, I would not let my kid go to Warp Tour for that reason at all. And, you know, not not to deprive, you know, the young girl of the music that she likes, but, and maybe she doesn't understand it now that this is like, you know, this this is a huge issue and this is in the best interest of her safety, but it's, it's unbelievable still. Right. Or even if the parent was willing to go with them, be sure they're not going to that set sort of thing, because there's Mm -hmm. plenty of other bands on Warp Tour that are perfectly fine, haven't harmed anyone in any way. And really it's, a place where people are supposed to have fun. They're not supposed to be worried about their safety and if they're going to be attacked by someone or whatever. Usually it's like minor things like injury in a mosh pit, that sort of thing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I was seeing a lot of bands' uh, responses to the whole thing. Um, I think the two that stick out to me were uh, Citizen and Lee Corey Oswald. Citizen was saying that uh, Lee Corey Oswald had zines at their tents on uh, consent and sexual assault, uh, you know, about educating yourself and like was directing fans to go watch that band or go to this tent, support this band, don't support this person. And um, there was definitely plenty of bands that kids could have made the decision to watch instead. You know, people yeah. who are... People who are in support of, you know, people who are in support of the protection of young girls at that festival. Yeah, I definitely saw bands tweeting that day like, hey, we play at this time, which, you know, of course, happened to be the same time Front Porch Step was playing. And they're like, come see us at so-and-so stage and whatever. So it's like bands were trying 
really hard to get fans to go elsewhere instead of the acoustic basement tent during yep. that specific time. Because, you know, there's at least, what, six other stages you can go to and watch a band playing at any given moment? <laughs> Arguably too many stages. But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's even other things you can do, like when they have video games set up or the water slide or literally so many other places you could be at any given point during yeah. that front porch step set. Exactly. So kind of going off of that, what are some general improvements that you think could be made, not only for the safety of women, but just for people who go to concerts and festivals as a whole? Um, I would say, obviously, the first big step is just education in general. You know, um, you know, you're always taught as a young girl, you know, you don't talk to strangers. If you're going somewhere, use the buddy system. And when you got older, you know, don't let anybody buy you a drink, that kind of thing. But we, we teach girls how to do these things, but we don't teach young boys not to do these things to young girls, which is, is kind of the shame. It, it almost seems like you know, like sexual violence and sexual assault is more geared towards women's protection instead of the commitments of it, which is still strange to me. And um, I actually had this conversation with my boyfriend yesterday, and it seems kind of silly, but I actually think uh, Law and Order helped bring some of these issues to, you know, uh, a greater stage. Um, the SVU has been on for almost 16 years. Um, a lot of those actors are huge advocates for domestic violence and sexual assault. And I think it brought, you know, like 10 million people watch that show every week. And it brought up how, you know, rape is never the victim's fault. Um, doesn't matter what you're wearing it, you know, no one's ever asking for it. And that people who work in the sex industry have rights to, and that show like continues to progress. Like I just, watched an episode the other day that talked about people who were non-binary, people who were transgender, um, you know, how the law is working towards protecting those people as well. So I think education, people educating themselves, uh, education improving in schools is really where this starts, where this education needs to make a change. Yeah. And I know you also work at the electric factory once in a while. Is this something you've sort of seen in person being at a venue so often with people being harassed and that sort of thing? I mean, I can only say that from my personal experience as just being, uh, I mean, to, to clarify for the listeners, I'm a, a cocktail waitress at the bar. So I walk through the crowd and offer people drinks. Right. Um, so I would say that only I can only speak to that from my personal experience as a waitress, not as a fan. Um, as a fan, I've, you know, I've been told that like, oh, like you're doing a great job being that band member's girlfriend and selling their merch when I'm literally just standing <laughs> next to the table because there's no other place to stand. Right. And, you know, you, you know, I didn't just let him slide. I told him, hey, you can't talk to me like that. You can't make that assumption. If you want to know that like, or know what I'm doing here or what band I want to see, you can ask me and not make that additional assumption just because... I'm a girl going out with my friend to see the show that I'm automatically somebody in the band's girlfriend. But as a waitress, I've definitely had people, I had somebody the other night, like poke me in the stomach, like to get my attention. And I was like, are you serious? Like, yeah, like, you cannot, I was like, you cannot, like, I work here. You can't touch me. And I've had, I've had people thrown out who yeah. like try and touch me. And I was like, 
the, the personal space is a huge thing. And, you know, I'm slipping and sliding like through people to, with my tray with like six beers on my hand that I could spill at any second. And I don't because I, I, I've been doing that job for a while and I'm doing pretty good at it. But to to disrespect me by touching me or calling me sweetheart or telling me how cute you think I am or like that my tights look nice or that my makeup looks pretty and if I want to hang out afterwards, it's like it's just completely disrespectful. Yeah, you're and, there to do a job. You're not there for anything else. <laughs> I mean, you know, service with a smile. I kind of just have to smile through it sometimes, which yeah. is – you know, it's not, it's not how it should be, but, you know, I deal with it. I actually had someone at a yellow card show of all shows, a dad, some, some young girl's dad who is downstairs, who is giving me, who is probably only five or six years older than his daughter, a hard time. And I had to ask him to leave because he touched my face. He like grabbed my cheeks and turned my face over. And I was like, that's unacceptable. You're going to have to leave now. Yeah, but- that, that's not. Great. Yeah, not not okay at all. <laughs> yeah, I know that I tend to go to shows alone, mainly because, you know, a bunch of my friends are still in college doing that whole grad school thing or whatever. So I'm like, all right, I want to go to the show, but my friends are like studying and stuff. So I just go alone. And I remember when I was in Philly, I went to Akina Granis show and there was a mom and her daughter in front of me. And she turned around and she was like, did you come alone? And I was like, yes. And it wasn't really until that moment that I realized some people think it's strange or wrong to go to shows alone. And I was right. like, I don't have a problem with this. And then I kind of noticed her daughter would keep like standing near me at the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, does she want me to watch her daughter or something? <laughs> right. She was like, a lot younger than I was and the mom just kind of stayed in the back and I mean it's great and all that she wanted that she went to the show with her daughter but it's like if you want to keep an eye on your daughter you should kind of do that yourself you know <laughs> yeah I would say definitely more power to the parents who take their kids to shows because my mom did that when I was younger and you know my mom was the mom that like if I wanted to go to a show to my friends my mom was the one who always ended up like being the mom to take us. Yeah. And honestly, I am like so, so, so grateful for my mom for being like, you know, somebody's like, oh, mom, like, why'd you have to come? And I was like, my mom's cool. I want my yeah. mom to come with me. My mom took me to see No Doubt when I was 13. And I was nice. like, she was like, she was like, oh, you're going to love Gwen Stefani. She's so cool. She loves leopard prints. She wears red lipstick. And I was like, holy crap, mom. She is like the coolest person ever. And you know, definitely more power to parents taking their kids and watching over them. I think there's there's definitely more of that now that, you know, all this kind of stuff is happening. Parents who are, like, using social media and, like, using the internet and see all of this stuff happening and are aware of it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I know. My mom didn't necessarily go to shows with me, but she would, like, drop me off, pick me up, make sure I was always with someone. Especially, Mm -hmm. I don't think I went to my first show probably until like seventh or eighth grade. Mm -hmm. But then in high school, I started going to more shows. But in high school, you tend to always have someone to do something with because Mm -hmm. it's like you tend to know a lot more people. But then, you know, once school is kind of over, you're like, all right, what am I going to (laughs) do? Right, right. Sort of thing. And you're like, all right, 
guess I'm going to the show alone, which I don't have a problem with. I mean, it does get boring if you do it so many times in a row, Mm -hmm. just because then you're standing there in between sets and you're like, I know absolutely no one here. (laughs) Right, right. I would say I used to love going to shows by myself because for some reason I'm friends with a lot of people who do not know how to drive. So I'm always the one who's like, I can't have like more than one beer at the show because I have to drive everybody home. Right. Um, people are always asking me for rides and I usually don't say no just because I'm, I'm too nice like that. But a lot of these shows that I've been going to recently, um, I go to a lot of like Philly hardcore shows and that's like a big like no-no. You kind of like don't go to that by yourself because yeah. people tend to be aggressive there. And I do have, I have one show buddy who goes with me all the time. Her name's Christina. She's super cool. We're going to see H2O next month, and we're going to go see Twitching Tongues next month. But, like, if I didn't have anybody to go with, if I didn't have her, I would not go to that by myself. And I never thought I'd be, you know, afraid or, you know, apprehensive about going to something by myself. But I don't think I would go to that by myself if I didn't have her. Yeah, and, I mean, at Drexel, it was so much easier because, you know, you had four grades of music industry students. So chances oh are yeah. someone else was going to the same show you were on any given night or even just <laughs> when we would all go to house shows and everything. Yeah. It's like everyone mm-hmm. you knew was there. <laughs> yeah, like it, that happened to me all the time. Uh, when I was – I used to be a photographer, as you know, and when I used to just go shoot shows by myself – I would find, like, five, six people there, and I was like, oh, this is cool. But, like, you know, sometimes I really do wish that I could go to a show where I'd be completely alone and not (laughs) anybody, but that, like, never happens because I know people that work at, like, every venue, right? and they know if I'm going, and even if I, like, I'm going to, like, a new place and seeing a new band, like, chances are there's, like, there's gotta be one person in there I know who's like working behind the bar or working in the box office or is like in the front row next to me but I I don't think I'll ever be able to be completely alone at a show and you know it's kind of relieving because you know you you want somebody to lean on like there like you know in case something goes wrong you know somebody's there like somebody will be there to help you that you're friends with right would love to just be completely like no zero people at one place (laughs) at one time but that will probably never happen yeah I mean it really depends too like sometimes it's nice to have someone to talk to in between sets because sometimes bands will take a very long time to get set up and you're just standing there for 30 minutes draining your battery on your phone (laughs) and then you're like wait I need my phone for GPS to get me home so (laughs) gotta stop doing this Exactly. I used to have a solar powered phone case. It was awesome. It was like the best if you were at like, if you're at like Warp Tour or a show at like a pavilion or like at a pier. And I have to, I definitely have to get a new one because I have the, the six now and it, the old one doesn't fit it. So I need to get one of those again. I need like a new battery pack for my phone here. I really love my case now. I don't know if I want to get rid of it though. <laughs> yeah, I just shoveled out a lot of money for a new iphone 6s and because i was still on contract with at&t for my 5s because i just got it last year Uh but it was 16 gigabytes and the battery life was terrible on it like i was charging it by noon at work every day just from listening to podcasts on it 
because that's what I do at work all day. Since I do data entry, I kind of just sit there with headphones in and listen to podcasts or music all day to keep my sanity. <laughs> yeah, I did not mess around this time. I went 64 gigs. I'm not I'm not getting that. Yeah, my that's what I have now storage, My photo storage is full. I'm not messing around anymore. See, no I didn't way. even take so- <laughs> that many photos. And one day it was like, you don't have enough storage for this update. I was like, what is on my phone, though? <laughs> like, there is nothing on here. I mean, me, I'm doing all social media stuff. So I have all band photos saved on here. I have so many flyers. I have, you know, pictures I'm taking at shows and posting everywhere. Like, I mean, this is just strictly Jane stuff. And then, of course, I have my own personal stuff. Like, you know, the squirrel that's living in my porch. I have a picture of that, of course. And that is necessary. I have a picture... I have a picture of, you know, my boyfriend making a funny face or, you know, the really cute dessert I ate the other night, that kind of thing. So um, with all the apps, you know, obviously social media and digital marketing is getting much more serious with, you know, everybody trying to make the next Instagram and the next Twitter. So I have so many apps that we're, you know, we're just trying. Right. And you, you never know if it'll last or if it'll be just, you know, a six month trend so have a a little bit of everything on here right now yeah speaking of apps have you tried that new app symbol yes uh jade tree is actually on there right now i haven't tried it uh, i have to add you guys myself personally (laughs) yeah it's uh i'm pretty sure it's just jade tree uh the we have a we have a new 25th anniversary logo it's not the typical rectangular uh tree lo- okay. actual jade tree logo right. um which is great because you know most of those most of the app profile uh picture ones are round now and this 25th anniversary one is uh circular so it's perfect um usually i post on here when um we have uh since we have so many records in our catalog you know 100 and 142 now uh we do album anniversaries every day uh pretty much uh, yeah <laughs> You know, an album that comes out. We have like uh, so many albums that have come out on so many different days. So usually, I post on here a song from the record um, the uh, that came out that day. So we have a little bit of variety. Obviously, you know, the power of Jade Tree's catalog is that there's there's something in there for everybody. There's you know the emo, the punk stuff. There's even a little bit of folky stuff. We did a, a split with My Morning Jacket a long, long time ago. Um, you know, something a little more artsy, um, stuff that's like borderline electronic, which is very cool. Um, so, you know, looking at our account, it's completely different. And it's also very cool that you can not just link to Spotify, you can link to SoundCloud, which is cool. Yeah. Um, cause you know, SoundCloud is, you know, more, more users can just like upload their own personal music there. So if you're listening to like somebody local, you can share it, which is very cool. Yeah, and a lot of labels will use that to stream singles and everything. So if something isn't on Spotify just yet, chances are it's going to be on SoundCloud already. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, a couple other labels on here. uh, Anti, Burger Records, Domino, Epitaph, Equal Vision, uh, Fat Possum, uh, Polyvinyl, Run for Cover, Side One, Top Shelf. These are just, you know, labels we're following currently uh, since we share a lot of similar bands, but... Um, lots of cool people on here. This is definitely cool. This is something I see sticking around for a little bit because, uh, there's, there's an app similar to this a long time ago called sound tracking. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, I've heard of that. It was, it was like combining, uh, music and a photo together, but I love that your top 
photo is like actually a cover with a record coming out of it. That's so awesome. I think that's like the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Um, it's definitely, uh, it's more visual. I would say the soundtracking was like very dark. Like, you know, you're supposed to have like a white background with black text. You're not supposed to do like a black background with white text. It's like, you know, something with your brain and like the way you read things. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I really enjoy Symbol thus far. I'm definitely looking to explore it a little more. Um, but this is something I see sticking around and hopefully I'm right because this would suck to be talking about it this much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it took a little while to catch on because I remember I downloaded it, but then it, it's like no one I knew was on it. Like I connected my Twitter and it found no one. So I was like, yeah, all right, well, I, I deleted it for a little bit and then I started seeing my friends on Twitter post about symbol and ask about it I was like all right I'll get back into this again and it's been great so far I've only posted a couple of songs on it but I'm thinking that might be a good way to do like a song a day sort of thing or whatever yeah um I see a lot of people doing um you know everybody uh, I mean I see it especially with uh J Tree stuff people do like vinyl challenges like monthly like to listen right. to a different record every day and like everybody posts a picture of the record they're listening to so I see this like as a little bit of an extension of that yeah you know you can like... post a different a different song a different band from a different record every day and it's still like you know it keeps it fresh uh shows like your versatility in music like what you're listening to what you used to like what you're going to like that kind of thing yeah it's almost like instagram for audio yeah that's what i see people describing it as and that's what i thought soundtracking was gonna do um but it could only play clips it couldn't right. play full the songs. entire thing yeah and i think um I think with the spot with Spotify, since you can have uh, you can have the free or the paid subscription, you can do the full stream yeah. on Simple, like regardless of having anything or not. Same with uh, SoundCloud. You know, you don't have to be a SoundCloud user to listen to a SoundCloud stream. Right. So I think this is this is much more um, this is much more friendly for people who maybe don't even use Spotify or use a specific streaming service at all. Yeah. Um, and definitely shows like you know what a bunch of different people are listening to uh, a couple bands are on here as well you blew it's on here um seeing a couple other bigger bands on here it's it's cool with this uh network as well because it seemed to be going like indie to major not like major to indie right. that like a lot of other social networks are doing uh like with apple connect that obviously was geared towards uh, huge artists huge artists instead um you know, uh, like Madonna has one, like, you know, One Direction, Coldplay, like all these huge bands, you know, it started at the top because those are the people who have, you know, the best selling albums on iTunes. And the great thing about Symbol is that it's not really selling you anything, but the music itself, the song, it's not like making you go out by the record. You know, you can tell somebody to do that in the comment section, but it's not it's not a direct sales driver, that makes any sense. Right. No, it does. So kind of going off all this music talk, what new albums have you been listening to? And are there any specific tours that you'll be hitting up anytime soon? Um, I really am into the new Chelsea Wolf record. It's called Abyss, and it's out on Sergeant House. I've been a fan of hers for 
really long time uh and she just like continues to evolve she's she's a she's a front woman but she has a full band uh behind her and also admire uh sergeant house as well because it's run by a woman and i think that's helped chelsea wolf like escalate to the top um she's she's on like these uh like these high fashion like magazine covers all the time and you know she's very done up and wearing all these extraordinary like long flowing outfits and she's just as stunning in person i just saw her live about three weeks ago uh, a lot of her previous stuff was uh, much more acoustic and very drony. And this one was like much more direct and heavy. Um, I just bought it on vinyl. It sounds just as good on vinyl. Um, it's really, really awesome. That was definitely one of my best shows this year so far. Um, there's also a new Philly venue that just opened, uh, the Fillmore. It's basically the equivalent of a house of blues. And I'm actually going there, uh, for the first time on Tuesday. Um, one of our bands socially, uh, got added to the Creepoid show, uh, Creepoids from Philly. So it's pretty cool to see them, uh, open up, uh, they're opening up the smaller room within the venue that's called the foundry. So it's pretty cool to see a Philly band, uh, opening up that up. And that's really cool. Um, I'm seeing, uh, nothing on Thursday. Um, it's one of those Red Bull sound select shows, which are like the coolest thing ever, like props to Red Bull for like being a brand like outside of the music space and like making such a successful uh, monthly series. Um, the RSVP gets you in for $3. Um, nothing is from Philly. I've seen them so many times. I helped uh, put out their last record on relapse guilty of everything. It's still probably one of my favorite records in the last couple of years. Um, so that'll be really cool to see. And nothing for uh, a little bit after that. Um, but uh, Social Aid also got added to the Man Overboard holiday <laughs> show, the Lost Tape Collective show. That's on November 6th, I believe. Um, okay. It's like a loss for words, like last tour or so they say, because I feel like they say that all the time. Um, Vinny Caruana is playing, so I'm really excited to see him too. Um, and then we hit into Christmas and we hit that, you know, that winter slump where like nobody's really playing and then it picks back up in the springtime. But Right. It's like the break where everyone wants to be home. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, why wouldn't you want to be? Um, but I'm actually seeing uh, this. Uh, he's cra- He's totally crazy. Uh, King Diamond, seeing him the day before Thanksgiving, he wears like white and black like corpse paint he's like a 60 year old man that has like <laughs> the voice of a seven year old boy like it's crazy he's so awesome though me and my brother are gonna go to that and we're gonna like wear face paint it'll be really really cool and nice. very silly yeah and, and how how about you what are you seeing soon are you going to any shows in the um, next couple weeks i'm we'll definitely be seeing modern baseball down in anaheim on november 13th Woo-hoo! um I may also be hitting up the Roxy for a couple of shows, but I'm not entirely sure which ones yet because <laughs> I, I go back and forth between L.A. and Orange County so often right. that I have to, like, plan shows around that. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I'm taking a vacation day on November 13th because it's a Friday, and since I work in Woodland Hills and the show's in Orange County, I would never make it there on time afterwards. <laughs> Because it would take me like three hours. <laughs> right. So I was like, oh, I have vacation time. I'll just take a day and go see M- Modern Baseball. Do it, dude. That'd yeah. be so sick. And just so our listeners know, we're recording this on October 11th, but it will not be out for another 
week and a half or so. So by the time they hear this, you will have actually already gone to some of those shows you mentioned. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I just want to clarify so people aren't like, oh, I can go to this show? And yeah, then it turns right. out, oh, it already happened. Right. <laughs> so do you want to head into some recommendations you have for our listeners? Sure. Um, so my first recommendation is Dogs on Acid's self-titled record, Out Now, via Jade Tree. Um, this band is made up of uh, some alumni from some pretty important Philly emo bands. Uh, Algernon Cadwallader, which is a very big deal, um, Snowing, and Glockamora. Um, the record sounds like Super Chunk and Weezer had that beautiful baby. I It's just so wonderful. And a big thing for me is being able to listen to an album front to back. Like, I don't want to be able to skip any song. I don't want to skip any song. Um, this is definitely a full album listen. It's like a beautiful 50 minutes. Um, we just got the vinyl in. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people are aware that the huge uh, vinyl setback for a lot of bands. I know Me Without You had this problem as well. Um, uh, just a huge, like everybody wants to make their records on vinyl. So uh, the European and uh, US plants have a huge, huge, huge backup. Um, but it's beautiful. Um, it's the first record at Tree that I really put my heart and soul into. Um, I really, really believe in this band. Um, this band means a lot to me. I love all the guys in it and, you know, they're in it to win it. And I really think this record is going to take them places. Uh, they're leaving for a UK tour on, uh, the 14th, which is crazy. Um, any UK listeners, please go check them out. Uh, They'll have their record with them. Uh, you won't regret seeing them. They're a great live show. Very personal guys go up and talk to them. They love hearing people like say how much they love them. Um, <laughs> Who would? But, yeah, exactly. Um, but they're just they're so great. Um, I'm talking more about them than the record, just because I, I love these guys. They're so great. Uh, I consider them personal friends. You know, we go hang out after work. Um, but this record is is a huge game changer um they opened for this band archers of loaf which is a huge huge influence on them personally and me in, in my position doing all of the social media stuff they opened for them on a wednesday and we announced pre-orders for their record that following monday and i saw a lot of conversations happening about people who had seen them at that archers of loaf show i had never heard of them before and pre-ordered the record that day because they loved them so much so that that meant a lot to me to see that um but i, I really really love this record it's probably in my top 5 of the year for sure um feel a lot of feels on it um but yeah, it's just, it's a really great record. Uh, Spotify, iTunes, it's everywhere. Uh, vinyl will ship immediately if you buy it at jadetree.merchnow.com. Um, but yeah, definitely huge album for me this year. Awesome. So anything else or is that your main recommendation? Um, I would say, let's see what else. Uh, I recently enrolled in the Tom's Shoes Coffee Club Uh Everybody knows Tom's shoes, uh, you know, those weird little loafers that everybody wears. But I've been a huge supporter of the company for a long time because where my mom works sells them. Um, 
you know, the whole, the whole one for one thing, you know, we buy, if you buy a pair of shoes, they give a pair to somebody in need. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just so cool. Um, I did a whole research paper a long time ago on the business model. Uh, this guy's name is Blake Mykoski. He was on one of the original amazing race, uh, shows like in the first couple seasons. And I don't think he won. I think he came in like second, but the, the money he used, I believe he started Tom's, um, and Tom started with shoes. Uh, they moved into eyewear. And if you buy a pair of glasses, it gives someone uh, sight surgery, uh, which is crazy. And they moved into coffee about two years ago. And if one bag, like a 12-ounce bag of coffee, provides uh, clean water for a week for someone in the country where the coffee comes from. Uh, a lot of the coffee is from like, Africa and South America. Um, so that's really cool. Um, it wasn't that expensive. It's pretty much as much as I would have paid for a regular bag of coffee, like at the food co-op or whole foods. Um, it's like $12. Um, I'm trying it for three months. I actually emailed them cause I was concerned that it wasn't fair trade certified and, you know, fair trade means like, you know, paying people fair labor, um, fair wages, um, for the amount of work they're doing and only two of their coffees are actually fair trade certified. Um, so I asked, I was like, yo, how would I know that the coffee that I'm getting? Cause the, the coffee subscription is, uh, it's a coffee of the month type thing. You don't know what you're getting. It's whatever coffee is in season, um, in those the respective countries that they work with. And, uh, so they assured me that they, you know, not everything can be fair trade certified because uh, fair trade and organic certifications come at the expense of the farmers. So the farmers have to pay that fee, you know, to say that they like follow these practices and that their beans uh, meet these certain standards. Um, but Tom's assured me that they actually have their own uh, agreements with the farms that they uh, acquire this coffee from that follow. Uh, those standards, but you know, it doesn't necessarily uh, need to require that certification. So that was really cool to hear. And I get my first bag on November second, and I'll let you know how it is because I'm, I'm <laughs> sure it's gonna, I'm sure it's going to be spectacular because yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna feel good drinking it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I went the lazy way and bought a Keurig a couple weeks ooh, ago. Ooh, only uh, pour over. That's it. It can only do pour over now. Which See, is like I'm, I'm not all that picky, so it's I mean, more convenient. I, was, I would say I, I used a curry for a while. That was like my college thing because it would only take like a minute or two to make. But now that I am graduated and you know I, ha- I have a day job that I have to be at at 9 a.m. every morning, I really enjoy sitting down on my porch, you know, looking at all the trees and like <laughs> drinking a cup of coffee. It's like it's like my special morning moment in the morning. Like it's like, I, I can't miss out on it. That's like what I, I need to have that in the morning unless, my, or my day is going to like go to total crap. It's going to be <laughs> so bad. Yeah. I don't have time to do that in the morning. So <laughs> I normally drink coffee at night actually. Oh, no, That's bad. That's bad. You can't do that. I'm a decaf tea person at night. Cause I, cause I kind of just want the, well, the if 5 PM counts as night anyway. Oh, that's like enough time for like the caffeine to go through your system and you can still like go to sleep. But like yeah. people who like get like coffee like after work or like get like coffee with dinner, I'm just like, you're not going to be able to go to bed. Like, why would you do that? Why yeah. would you do that? No, if, def- I, if I do coffee, I try to stop drinking it by like seven because I know I'll still be up for another like four or five hours. Right, right. 
I would say I'm a nighttime tea person. I get like a decaf tea because I because I know like if I just want the coffee at night, I really just want like the warmth. Like right. I just want to be drinking something warm. So I got a bunch of like fruity decaf teas that I put a little agave in and it's like just right and just like sets me up for like a good night. Yeah, see, I'm more of a iced tea and iced coffee person. I've been doing iced tea too, but like it's, I mean, I'm in Philadelphia. It's like 60 degrees and like slowly like dropping. So it's getting to be like hot beverage weather. I I recently just made the switch from cold to hot because it it just happened so fast. That that stupid hurricane that came through (laughs) here. It like yeah. made it fall. It's like now fall now because that hurricane came through here. So I'm I'm all hot until probably <laughs> March. Yeah, it's like 90 here right now as I'm recording oh. this. So iced everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so do you have any more recommendations or should I move on to mine? Um, I would say oh, um uh, for the people who are listening, I'm sure you know this, Deanna, uh, I am a vegan. I've been vegan for close to three years now, and I'm slowly starting to get all of my beauty products and make sure everything I'm buying is cruelty-free, meaning it's not tested on animals, and also that it's vegan, doesn't contain any uh, dairy products whatsoever. Um, and the one brand that I found that has been best for this is uh, Yes2, uh, the the main moniker for it is a uh, yes to carrots, but they have uh, other lines called yes to blueberries, yes to grapefruit, yes to tomatoes, and yes to cucumbers. And that's just like keeps expanding. Um, but you know, as everything that they offer is something that I use every day. Like you know, hand soap, something to wash my face, uh, shampoo and conditioner, um, you know, face wipes to take your makeup off. Um, just like a really awesome brand that like fits, you know, every skin type, every hair type, you know, everything that you just need in your daily life. And they're just the the perfect thing for me. Um, I have them on an Amazon subscription. So I get a new uh, shipment of their face wipes every 30 days because that's how many wipes come in a package. (laughs) So uh, definitely, definitely using that up. It's, there's, they're so awesome and they smell good. Like, uh, the tomato ones, FYI, everybody, are unscented. I was a little apprehensive about buying them at first because I was like, why would I want to wash my face with tomatoes? <laughs> Weird. Um, but the grapefruit and the cucumber ones are scented and, like, everything else is unscented. Also, why would I want to wipe my face with carrots or, like, put carrots in my hair? Um, but, yeah, so it's just a really awesome brand. Um you know, lots of options. Uh, I can get it at Target. I can get it at Whole Foods. I can buy it online. Um, just something that's everywhere. And I feel really safe and comfortable buying everything that they offer. And how about you, Deanna? What do you, what are you getting this week? Well, this week specifically, I don't know, but I did just buy TweetBot 4, which is a wonderful Twitter client. And it is now $5 for both the iPhone and iPad, so it's a universal app. Oh, cool. And it had not been updated for the iPad in quite a long time, <laughs> pro- possibly since iOS 6. Oh, <laughs> and we are now on 9. <laughs> but oh, it's awesome. It supports split screen and slide over on the new operating system. And you can easily switch between multiple accounts and everything. So if you're looking for new Twitter clients to try, I highly recommend this. It also has a Mac version, which 
I'm not entirely sure of the price because it goes up and down every so often with sales, but it's somewhere mm-hmm. between 10 and 20. But for something you use every day, you know, I didn't mind paying for it at all. I actually literally downloaded the new one on iPhone as soon as I could. And I was like, <laughs> all right, now it's on my iPad. We're good. Everything is the same <laughs> because I was using a different one on my iPad and the same two on my iPhone and my Mac. And I was like, all right, we got we got to get this going, guys. <laughs> Right. So the update is great. It shows you statistics now and your activity throughout the day. So how many people follow you, how many people favorite or retweet you. So it's really great, especially if you're managing bands, label accounts, and that sort of thing. And my music recommendation, which will be out on October 23rd, so hopefully this episode will in fact come out before this, is... Pentimentos I No Longer, which will be coming out through Bad Timing Records. I've been fortunate enough to have a copy of it for a little while now, and it's definitely a great record. You can get it on vinyl, digital, all sorts of good things. And I have a fairly somewhat nerdy and not technological (laughs) (laughs) recommendation, which is Baron Fig Notebooks. They make little pocket notebooks called The Apprentice, and they have a larger notebook called The Confidant. And I have several Apprentice notebooks and a Confidant, and I can guarantee you that the paper quality is wonderful and nice to write on. Your pens will not bleed through like it does on cheap little notebooks you can buy. You can get a three-pack of the pocket notebooks for 10 bucks, I believe, and the confidants are, I think it's 16 each. So it's a little more than you would normally spend on paper, considering, well, it's paper, but it's definitely <laughs> worth it. And pocket notebooks are, of course, perfect to walk around with, jot down anything you need to remember later if you're like me and forget everything. <laughs> I often write down my to-do list and put it in my phone just to make sure I don't forget. Oh, dude, I have to do that, too. Honestly, a good notebook, you, like, can't be without it. Right. Like, I I need a notebook for everything. I have, like, 10 notebooks for, like, 10 different aspects of my life. (laughs) Yeah, you should definitely check these out then. For sure. So I will be linking to everything as usual in the show notes. This way you all will have easy access to it. And I want to thank Alex for coming on and talking with me today. Thank you, Deanna. Thanks for having me. No problem. And we are going to send off with a track from Dogs on Acid called The Prick as per recommendation from Alex. So we hope you enjoy and thank you for listening. (laughs) 